I see Rolly. All you people out there who have left the Bay Area, I don't blame you one bit. Absolutely, it's become a nightmare. It's become a science fiction novel. It's become my my worst uh, my worst enemy. But also, it's, you know, there's still a lot of opportunity. This could become a hotbed for. Uh, I really think there could be a renaissance here, an artistic renaissance here. Once the douchebags become cool in the San Francisco undertow of what's germinated here for for centuries. I'm still here. I'm still queer, and I'm used to it. So, um, you know, everybody out there who wants to just or come back, maybe because there's going to be a lot of housing. They they keep building this shit to the sky, and this stuff prices are going to drop. You know, once the the bubble's already burst, we you know the stock. Anybody checking out stocks? You know, it's, it's taking a hit because it's been a, it's been also an illusionary thing. They've almost had this balloon. That's I was like, do you you know what I'm saying a little bit? Yeah. You do. Yeah, you're feeling that shit. Hey, can I, can, I talk, can I talk about one more thing in the editorial? You know, this racial stuff, you know, where they're doing like, they give you, know your heritage. You know these commercials where they say no, they're like, they kind of, they're, they're piping it. They're basically genetically, uh, basically coding each and every one of us. Everybody who does that stuff, they're saying, not only that, but it's also for racial profiling. You know, so they say, oh, you think you're white, huh? Well, we've done this little test on you, and now we have a little of your blood sample. You're out of here. Whatever it can be, you know, for the new world order. Wow. I, I, so I, I've been watching that thing, and everybody's like, oh, isn't it cool I'm part Colombian? You know, like, oh, isn't it cool I'm from France or I'm from Paraguay? You know, like, that's great. But the fact of the matter is, do not do this out there, people, because I think it's, it's an evil plot. If you guys can't see it, staring you in the fucking face yeah. of them fucking actually getting the genetic code of each and every one of us to clone us for other colonies. Okay. Or to get rid of you because they find they, you, they have find a, you have a genetic defect. Hey, you know what? I'll tell you this. I'm like, I'm a little bit like Marilyn Manson in a sense. Like people have dismissed it. I, I have a I have a I have, I have a role in today's society. I'm 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 indisposable. And so the point is, like, who's going to say the truth here? We all want to know the truth, and I'm one of the only people who's actually willing to say it and stand up. Because until the day I die, I will not be. I will have no fear saying what I'm really feeling. And that's reaching everywhere. Because I see people like scared little rabbits, chicken shit, and little fucking cowards. The revolution's now. It's each, uh, up to each and every one of us to live it and be it. We're the elders, so let's do something about it. This is Roxy Rowe signing off. I'll be back next week. Love you guys. Each and every one of you listening, it means a lot to me. And uh, get, write me, call me, tell me what you like about the show, what you hate. And we'll keep just uh, try banging it out, even if I'm here or in the desert. You're, you're, wherever I am, you got a home with me. Okay, fire that shit up. We'll see you next time. Uh, I'm just kidding. He's cool. Um, cool. All right, let's talk about it. So uh, I'm broke. I don't know. Are you guys broke? Because, uh, okay, we get it. You do a successful job in the daytime, 9 to 5, went to Cal Berkeley, and you're buff. Okay, I need to work out. Okay. Uh, fucking, yeah, no, I'm broke. And I mean broke, okay, not poor. There's a big difference. Because broke is when the napkins at McDonald's are thicker than your toilet paper. Okay, and then... And poor is when the napkins at McDonald's are your toilet paper. <laughs> and you shit in the to-go bag. Okay, big difference. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm broke. And I, I found out recently that 99-cent tacos from Jack in the Box have no nutritional value. They just hold space in your stomach long enough for you to go job hunting. <laughs> Cardboard with sriracha works just as good. Um, and I live in a very illegal housing situation at the moment in an attic. Uh, the family downstairs hasn't noticed yet, so it's chill. Uh, <laughs> and I, I just like, um, I live with like a... a Ted. 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 How high Ted, Ted, you say we were supposed to suppose. How high
can you say we were supposed to count to? Sartre looked at him and said, you better count to one. <laughs> Benefits this wonderful St. Patrick's Day 2018. Hope you guys are in the mood. I've got some Celtic music for you. Get you in for your parties today. I've got some announcements of some things you can go out and enjoy. Meanwhile, let's listen to the Irish River.
I forgot. I just forgot coffee existed for a quick minute this morning. <laughs> and next thing you know, it, it's 2 p.m. And you're like, oh, fuck. I have a headache now. I need energy. Yeah. But it's it's working. It's magic. Apparently, you can get the same energy from Wait, other... can I? Can you hear me? No. <laughs> Wait. Talk, talk to it now. Talk to it. Talk dirty to it. Baby. Oh, there you go. Okay. That's Mike Four now. Oh, surprise, surprise. Uh, surprise, surprise, surprise. Um, they're saying, oh, you don't have to drink coffee. You can take, you can drink green tea instead. I don't know. <laughs> they have so many, you know, w- ways to, to supplement. Oh, look, there's nothing wrong with the coffee. Let's just, just leave the coffee cup. alone. It's just the shit that you put inside the coffee that I think yes. kind of make it unhealthy. I forgot to ask for um, non-dairy. Woe is me. I'll do that next time. You're a newbie at this non-dairy stuff. I am. I'm, I'm slowly doing it, guys. Um, you know, non-dairy creamer, uh, vegan cheese. Because <laughs> I can't, I mean, at least if I have like the, you know, a way to supplement it. Because then it's like I'm tricking my brain. And then eventually it'll be like, well, I don't even need to eat that anymore. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm... I'm I'm starting over with food, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm not taking anything away except for things that I'm not supposed to be having. Right. Well, I, right. I take everything away. That's what starting over with food is. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm slowly implementing vegetables and mm-hmm. fruits and then later on, you know, meat and dairy and wheat. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how that works out for me. It's it's gonna work out. I think it could work out for everyone. Um, you know, there's so many different um, diets out there. It's just a matter of finding the one that works. I know. Open the windows too hot in here. Yeah, it is kind of <laughs> hot. Um, but I guess um, you know, some people decide to take it a step further. Some kind of I don't have to be vegan, but I feel like it would it'll be better for my body in you know, this, the scheme of, of life. I, I think I've, you know, overused dairy and, and meat products, not so much meat, but mostly dairy. I have to say it's been kind of a comfort for me. Dairy products. Cheese. Cheese (laughs) milk and chocolate. Oh, that's going to be hard because I do love milk chocolate. The taste. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't mind either or, um, I do like a good mix of uh, dark t- milk, chocolate. Mm-hmm. I mostly like nuts with my chocolate, like anything Ooh. like Ferrero or almonds. Um, what's the uh, what's the Nutella stuff? Um, the nut. Oh, hazelnut. Hazelnut. Hazelnut's really good. Yeah. Hazelnuts are so good. And uh, yeah, and almond and peanut and anything like brittly, crunchy, nutty, I like with chocolate. I'm sure and then chocolate by itself, too. I'm sure they have like 99% dark cocoa with like nuts in it. Yeah, they have a, I think the 
uh, chocolate covered almonds from Trader Joe's or dark chocolate. Oh, yeah, they have they have a few. So they have good options. Anyway, we're making ourselves hungry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, you're right. They do. Um, in the news today, I have uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which is the new uh, Queen biopic. Uh, this is from Pitchfork.com. Bohemian Rhapsody is basically Queen's Wikipedia entry as a biopic. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I thought this was going to be a good, uh, a positive review, but maybe not. Bohemian Rhapsody has been such a train wreck for, from the jump. Eight years ago, that bites the dust headlines wrote themselves again and again. First, there were three years that Sasha Baron Cohen was attached to the roof of Freddie Mercury. Then there were three years the surviving band members of the comedian spent spinning over that in the press. Mr. Robert star Rami Malek uh, was eventually cast in the role, which brought a legitimate excitement to the project until the first trailer dropped it back in May and concerns about the suspect straight washing of Mercury's arose. Mm-hmm. But even with these missteps would quickly but even these missteps will quickly be swallowed up by all sorts by all sorts of other controversies. Bohemian Rhapsody's original director, Brian Singer, the usual suspects a half full of X-Men movies, was fired near the end of the filming, allegedly because he stopped showing up and clashed with the cast and crew, notably Malik. He was then replaced by Dexter Fletcher, who remains uncredited as a director due to the DGA rules, since Singer completed nearly all of the movie. But Singer would have never been hired in the first place. The filmmaker was long has long been known in Hollywood as having a penchant for young men, a sort of Kevin Spacey-esque open secret that hasn't had its reckoning yet, despite numerous allegations of assault and uh, statutory rape against him. Jesus. Two weeks ago, Singer took out into Instagram to uh, preemptively deny and yet to be published Esquire Expose, which he attacked for attempting to rehash false accusations and coinciding with Bohemian Rhapsody's release. Knowing all this, it's hard not to be repulsed watching the film's portrayal of Mercury, meeting his longtime lover, Jim Hutton, which is played by Aaron McCluxker. Uh, for the first time. <laughs> I was going to say Andy McCluskey. McCusker. Um, Mercury, the famous man in the position of power, consequently gropes Hutton, who is working a party thrown by, at the rock star's home. Though there's a brief moment when Hutton is offended and Mercury apologizes, this is quickly passes a quirkly messy, albeit a bit forward, Mercury's behavior is immediately rewarded. Research doesn't reveal anything about this being their actual meet cute, but the two reportedly met at a gay club, and Mercury asked Hutton if he had a big cock. Whether there's some accuracy in Mercury's initially inappropriate gesture as seen in the Bohemian Rhapsody, the singer, uh, the Singerian subtext is difficult to ignore. Pop culture has been grappling with how to approach problematic art with such a uh, fervency in recent years. It can be quite a relief when a film made by a questionable director is almost irremediably bad. Sorry, I'm burping at the middle of the sentence. (laughs) The film also manages to uh, rob Mercury of nearly all his queer pleasures. For those worried about the straight washing of the singer or the erasure of his battle with AIDS, mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody does explicitly label him gay and diagnosis his cause of death. It just It's just the portrayal of his gayness that's troubling. Mercury was engaged to his hometown uh, sweetheart Mary Austin. Lucy Boyton plays her. 
who inspire one of the few romantic queen anthems, Love of My Life. But with the... Um, but with the band's popularity rising, the film shows Mercury eyeing men on tour and flirting with Kenny Everett, the DJ who debuted at Bohemian Rhapsody on the radio and played a big part in the song's uh, meteoric rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mercury eventually comes out as, to marry as bisexual mm-hmm. when he when she suspects that their relationship is dwindling, but she immediately corrects him saying, you're gay. <laughs> Mercury is in real life dated both men and women after Mary. Though he never came out in the out into the public, mm-hmm. he was pretty openly bisexual in his love life. Instead, the film uses his partially fabricated, strictly homosexual reveal to create a schism in his Mary's uh, in his Mary's relationships to take the blame for his debaucherous downfall. And his treatment of Mercury's sexuality wasn't bad enough. The movie also makes a boring, one-dimensional gay villain out of his manager, Peter Prenter. <laughs> who did eventually sell Mercury out. But so deserves a portrayal that no, so not so oversimplified. At the very least, make your gay villain interesting. Uh, Malik, on the other hand, seems to be doing the best he possibly can, even with those incre- lucrative fake teeth. I swear they're a Muppet-like exaggeration of Freddy's actual incisors, incisors mm-hmm. which in the film he credits for giving him that infamous vocal range. Mm. The distracting nature of his makeup pushes Malik's performance towards caricature, though the over, overwise uh, nails the though otherwise he knows that strut the flamboyance and the showmanship of a truly singular rock star this was supposed to be malik's big transformative oscar-worthy break from television but literally every aspect of the film wants to bring him down malik might still have a small award season shot as he is one of the two saving graces of this hot mess the other one being queen's music relief itself something the film can't even take credit for (laughs) When Bohemian Rhapsody does dwell into the music, particularly the written process, it feels like an abbreviated retelling from the guitarist Brian May and drummer Roger Taylor, uh, who had script and director approval. Sure, Queen was a rare band compromised of four strong songwriters, but according to the film, their biggest hits came together way too easily in the studio. May stomps his feet twice and claps at the third beat, and voila, we rock you as bored. Bassist John Deacon sits in the corner while his bandmates argue and randomly starts playing the iconic bass line to Another One Bites the Dust. In actuality, Deacon supposedly ripped off Cheek after hanging with them in their studio. The bickering ends and everyone seems to suspiciously, so suspiciously on board with Mercury's anti-radio friendly Bohemian Rhapsody, with the exception of a cartoonishly antagonistic record label exec played by Mike Myers. Who hmm? <laughs> <laughs> claims Bohemian Rhapsody oh, nice. would never become a hit? The joke is very obviously on him. May and Taylor's participation as producers is a big troubling. Is big is as a bit troubling. Not only were they a reason Cohen quit the film, but they reportedly wanted something focused more on the band than Freddie. We were we would end up with a version of Queen's story uh, with the Queen story that cast Mercury as the only diva of the quartet, were the other three really so well behaved and then so patronizing for giving when their frontman apologetically crawls back after living them living out a supposedly friendship ruining gay lifestyle. My God. 
<laughs> even without all the problems attached to the production, Bohemian Rhapsody is not such a film as it is the dramatization of the Wikipedia entry. Watered down and over-edited. Events in the film happen in trite succession without going anywhere interesting in the story's peaks and valleys. There's no, nothing special about the film except maybe there's some masterclass in, in un, useless cutting. And so many cuts in the single scene are showy and uh, match cut transition between scenes that it becomes a confundingly fascinating watch in a way, like a disaster you can't turn away from. I felt betrayed by my own tears when they were welled up during the final climatic act, Queen's historic Wembley Stadium set at Live Aid in 1985. But that's strictly because hearing Queen's music moves me. I refuse to give the film, with its cheesy CGI rendering of such an iconic performance, credit for that. If Bohemian Rhapsody could even remotely be considered a tearjerker, this should be tears of remorse over how a stunted vision that Queen, especially Freddie Mercury, did so dirty. <laughs> so true. I watched the I watched that footage recently because it popped up on my Facebook, and it's just absolutely incredible. Yeah. So in that way, I can kind of agree. There's like, there's no way you can ruin the with all of the t- you know the technology. Yeah. You can't recreate something that was that organic. You know. Yeah. Something that was that real. I don't know. I mean, I guess you can, but unfortunately well i mean i guess he had some good things to say in the article towards the end but he was really like bless you thank you he was really like ripping it a new one it's like can't you just <laughs> i think it's because they've been hyping it up for so long and yeah, in the beginning sesha baron cohen had like you know everybody had this image because he's such a good actor i mean even yeah. though he's known for his comedy yeah you know he's a good actor yes. and and we all just kind of envisioned him as Freddy and all of a sudden he was, ta- you know, he like backed out yeah. and there was like some sort of creative differences and then there's this new director taking over who's been like accused of statutory rape and yeah. like sexual allegations and stuff like that. So, um, it, you know, there's a, there's a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. This film is p- full of like problematic rhetoric, but yeah. um, I don't know if, if I was excited to see it after i knew that sesha baron cohen dropped out yeah i was kind of excited when he was still in it because i remember you know seeing uh, borat when that first came out um and then the other films that he was in when he was in um uh, uh sweeney todd I was so shocked because I'd never seen him in like a serious role before, but I was like, he's kind of owning it right now. Have you seen... um, Oh, and then the Ricky Bobby, that one was, that was more comedy, but it was funny. (laughs) What's that one movie? um, He's really funny. Oh, I forgot the name of the movie, but it's like a French, a French book and it got adapted as a movie Mm-mm. and there's like a train station it's like about an orphan in a train station i forget I what it's called but he's in it good. and he's really good in that mm-hmm. movie and i think i went to see it uh when it came out uh at lace uh late art scene cinema like you remember by a it's by port uh what's portal oh yeah cine arts yeah cine arts good old cine arts <laughs> I rem- I forgot what it's called. I'll probably I'll Google it later. Still but there. Um, yeah, it's still there, and it was like, such a good movie. I just remember the name of it. Oh, but interesting. It, but um, he plays like a a station agent. He's like always trying to catch this kid who's living inside the train station, mm-hmm. 
and he's trying to call like you know like an orphan orphanage to come and pick him up and um but he can never do it because this kid's like really smart but i forgot the movie that's interesting i didn't hear about that one i did watch the show that he came out with and it was pretty hilarious that's pretty out there. What's the, it called? We is America. Oh yeah, where he's like trolling. You know, he plays oh, different characters. Right. He was trolling all those Republicans, Republicans into like sucking his dick or yeah. something like that for Trump. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. The guy, the guy from Georgia who takes his pants off. And yeah, he's like I love America. <laughs> his pants are literally around his waist. Oh like, my god, so funny. Um, yeah, we were a joke. Yeah, yeah. very good. Oh, and then he he was at the Women's March. I think it was earlier this year, but he was under, he was in, he was dressed up. Like, you wouldn't have known it was him. Yeah. And he took somebody, like a conservative guy with him. They went to the march here in San Francisco. I think it was this year. And then they were in a hotel room together, and he was trying to tell the guy that he was into him or yeah. something. And the guy was just like, nah, I'm sorry, I'm not into that. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my awkward. God. I need to watch that show yeah, then. That's funny. We is America. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyways, um, with all the political stuff going on, uh, musicians are also getting involved. Um, so let's see. Uh, Dave Grohl te- temporarily joined the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs and Beck at a recent political event ahead of the U.S. midterm elections. The Foo Fighters frontman hoped hopped on the drums for the IAS monster hit heads will roll at the last weekend gig uh the event was organized by swing left a grassroots network of volunteers canvassing for democrat candidates ahead of the elections this tuesday before launching into heads will roll karen o said i just wanted to say that i'm so happy to be here and support the swing left are you ready to fucking win on tuesday because i'm ready to win (laughs) there's video of that uh martha and rufus wainwright moby who i'm in love with at the moment uh the bird and the bee and actor adam scott were also on the bill oh i love adam scott uh, Grohl, the busiest man in rock, also accompanied Beck for a special performance of Where It's At. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that included Cheeks' uh, Good Times. There's a video of that. Um, this isn't the first time that Beck and Grohl have teamed up for Swing Lift. They also performed together at a fundraiser in September. Grohl has been fiercely critical of Trump's presidency, admitting that he is ashamed of the commander-in-chief. However, earlier this year, he ruled out ever running for the U.S. presidency in 2020. Grohl's collab with Beck came during a rare moment of downtime during a hectic year of touring with the Foo Fighters. He recently revealed that he embarks on an extensive drinking routine before heading to the stage. (laughs) In October, Foo Fighters surprised fans with an appearance at Metallica's sold-out show. Uh, Taylor Hawkins and Dave Grohl were filmed backstage by comedian Jim Brewer, I remember him, who opened for Metallica. Grohl also invited a 10-year-old blind child to play his guitar oh, yeah, during that. a Foo Fighters gig in Minnesota. Mm. He's always doing the right thing. Well, yes. most of the time, except the drinking. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I have some Pearl Jam in the news. Oh, yeah. uh, mother of late teenager who inspired Pearl Jam's Jeremy speaks out for the first time. Mm-hmm. A former classmate and witness also revisits the tragic accident and comments on the song. Um, today, Jeremy remains one of Pearl Jam's most chilling and affecting songs. Based on the real-life suicide of high school student Jeremy Wade Dale, 
who shot himself in front of his classmates in January 1991. The band's hit single has since haunted radio news, uh, radio waves, and concert halls and living rooms. Now, nearly 30 years later, both Dell's mother, Wanda Crane, and his former classmate, Brittany King, have commented on the incident. That day... <clears throat> The day that he died did not define his life, Crane tells ABC. He was a son, a brother, a nephew, a cousin, and a grandson. He was a friend. He was talented. She later reflects on his first hearing the news of of her son's death. I was in my office at work, she remembers. I didn't believe it, and I was in shock. Not my son. I was not going to pick him up that afternoon at school. Much like the song depicts her him jeremy was a budding artist prior to his death he won first prize at the texas state fair crane says of her son he won best of show and this was all before he was 12 years old as the wfaa points out crane still had his paintings hanging around her home one of them an elephant drawing that one that her son an award at age seven oh wow King, however, was present in the classroom at the time of the shooting. Shock and fear went into my mind, she remembers. All the students kind of ran into the back of the room and huddled. At the time, King was only 16, and this was a big wake-up call. Like, you know what? Life is not all hunky-dory all the time. Real things and tragedies happen. It made me grow up pretty quick and literally overnight. When pressed about Pearl Gem's homage, King is not exactly a fan, and she says, I am angry at them for writing that song. I thought, you know, you weren't there. That story isn't accurate. Crane did not comment on the song, but has since used experience to help connect and inspire others who are similarly grieving. Twelve years ago, she started a leading support group at the church, which she continues to work with today. On the topic of today's ensuing school shootings and tragedies, Crane says, I think all this... I think of the sisters. I think of all that was said and what the opinions will be thought about. It's the mothers and the sisters that I want to wrap my arms around and tell them that someday it'll be better. Here's hoping below. Here's hoping below. Watch the interview with both Crane and King and revisit the original video shortly after, which was directed by Mark Pellington and won several awards in 1993 MTV Music Awards and including a video of the year. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's the 25th anniversary? Yes. Wow. That's incredible. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's interesting because uh, I don't think much has changed or maybe mm-hmm. even become worse for the public I schools. I definitely think it's becoming worse because of our president. I don't want to blame one person, but... You know, but I'm going to do it because he said use violence. And especially the people sitting behind him right now. I was talking to Albert about this friend yeah. of mine last night. But I'm, you know, people who are, you know, of Jewish descent or who are practicing, um, you know, are very disappointed in Trump. But I think they should be disappointed in the people who are behind him, a.k.a. Stephen Miller, a.k.a. Jared Kushner. AKA Ivanka Trump, you know, they should be. Who are supposedly Jewish. Who are supposedly Jewish and barely said anything. Like, I had to scroll through their tweets to 
find anything. But uh, they should definitely be ashamed of themselves because they're actually, you know, behind, you know, especially Stephen Miller. He's the one that I keep calling out because he's the one behind all of this anti-immigration rhetoric, or at least he's a part of it. So in a way, he is contributing to it. But I do think that it's great that people in his own family have come out, you know, saying, actually, we would be here if it wasn't for, um, I forgot the name of the program that they were a part of that helped to bring, you know, refugees here, you know, helped to bring his family here. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, and then Trump announced himself as nationalist, which I was like, does that mean like national front, like Nazi? Honestly, like, I don't, I don't think it doesn't mean that, you know, like, I think he, he meant to say patriot, but somehow he ended up saying nationalist, like, two days after this happened at the synagogue. I was like, what the fuck? Um, So it's just really hard to wrap my head around what's going on. And, you know, I have close relatives uh, who are big fans of Trump and and they are Republicans and they're feed off of Fox news. And you know, it's like 20 on 24 seven and honestly they're brainwashed, you know? And it's like, it's like they watch Fox news and I, look, I'm not saying watch CNN, you know, like I don't, I don't do unfortunately. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, obviously I, I don't think getting your news from one source is a good thing. Right. I agree. Um, and at least we have the internet and at least we have, um, but these people who watch Fox News only watch Fox News. And that's like Fox News can contradict themselves and they'll still agree. They'll be like, man, you know, I, I disagree with this that, and the other. And then they'll be like, Fox News will be like, oh, no, but actually we are we are we are for that. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That makes sense. That makes sense. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, don't you have a thought in your brain? Like, are you all your brain cells rotting from just how much Fox News you've been watching? Yeah like you have warming your brain you know warms in your brain like yeah it just doesn't make any fucking sense and and i honestly do think people are being brainwashed by the me by Mm -hmm. i'm not saying like the media in general by a certain conservative biased media right and it's like they're only going to look for for biased facts and so all their facts are going to be correct to them because they're biased you know they're biased yeah um i forgot what i was gonna say but yes, I think that that's part of it. The people who, you know, are against immigrants, even though they come from families of refugees, is absolute fucking bullshit. Yeah. Um, so I'm, you know, just wanted to put that out there. But then the other side of it, um, there's another side of it. I forgot what it is, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll think about it, it. Later. <laughs> But that was that. I think from the beginning, that's what really bugged me. I want to say since the the Muslim ban up until now it's like the people who you know maybe it's my generation or our generation that's forgotten where they've where they've come from and everything that's happening is making me want to not lose that I don't want to forget where I came from because I think it's important I mean I get that when my family came here they they almost had to they were forced to forget where they came from but now, you know, I feel like it's maybe my responsibility to to hold on to that because that's yeah. going to affect how I treat other people. And I just don't think that it's right that now because, you know, we've been here for a few generations that we can just 
forget about what happened. But then I also get the other side. People are saying we don't want people to take advantage of the system. And, you know, part of being an American is starting from nothing and and working your way up. And and I get that as well because, you know, nobody had social security back then. Yeah. And access to all the the programs that they have now. But... I mean, as a as a principal, it's like, come on. Yeah, like, we're a first world country. We're going to be fine. And if anything, this has been happening for years. Yeah. And it's just uh, recently where it's gotten a negative, like negative uh, effect. And it's, yeah, it's, it's getting twisted into this negative thing. But we've been doing it for years. We've yeah. been, we've been a sanctuary uh, destination for people from El Salvador and, you know, people from um honduras and uh people from south america in general and then you know it it just it's stupid like we've been doing this for years and we've been fine um these people are are trying to look for something so noble they're trying to look for a job you know to to actually lift themselves up they're not trying to steal your jobs because they're taking jobs that nobody's taking you know yeah and it's our fault if you just want to sit on your ass and not make the effort to get that job but at least they're you know i feel like they're making an effort at least it looks that way yeah um you know maybe i'm giving i'm i guess what i'm trying to say is i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt until somebody comes at me yeah (laughs) i'm gonna say i think they're they're trying to you know have a better life but you know i'm not gonna put words in in anybody's mouth i'm just yeah we can't just say hey all the people who are good and want a job come here you know it's not gonna work that way because we don't really we don't really know everything yeah just you know making our best decision based on you know what we're getting from fox news and from cnn yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're trying to see it from both sides yeah um but I guess the other side, I just remembered, um, you know, the, the gun laws in our country still, you know, aren't really up to par. Like the guy who was, um, you know, sh- killed those 11 people that were in the synagogue used an AK-47. Uh, semi-automatic Semi-automatic weapon. weapon. So that's kind of part of the trend that I'm seeing and we definitely need to make some, some changes there. I mean, I'm not saying that we have to... Um, you know, take away your Second Amendment right because yeah. I'm actually thinking of learning how to use a gun. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> like I want to be able to protect myself, and I think that's important. Nobody wants to. I. I mean, at least I don't want to take anybody's Second Amendment right. Yeah, I don't want to ban guns, but we're not asking to ban guns. We're just making to. We're just asking to make laws to make guns a little less accessible for people who shouldn't have them. Yeah, like how the hell did this? The, the guy completely did it legally apparently yeah like he got a hold of them legally so. yeah most of these guys who've been shooting up like from the guy who shot up the theater in aurora to the guy who shot up the elementary school um all had guns legally so it's it's a problem when people are not being checked for mental health or yep. for previous crimes mm-hmm. or you know they're just handed a gun at walmart like it's like it's bread so that is what we're talking about. But yeah. we're not trying to take guns away. Obviously, that is a right that everybody should have, a uh, right to bear arms. And um, I didn't personally ever want to own a gun in my house, at least. I wouldn't mind, like, 
maybe going to a gun range and taking it out of, for rage purposes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, like right now, that would probably feel very good. Um, but it's different um, when anybody can get a gun that shouldn't have one. Right. Absolutely. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, I just felt like I had to put that out there. Yes, thank you. But, um, no, I definitely think that that's part of, you know, you signed up for this job and this is, you know, you can't just like hang out and act like it's a, a rich boy club. Like yeah. you have to actually, you know, do the things that you've signed up to do. Yeah. So. We'll see. A couple more days, guys. <laughs> yeah, go out on Tuesday. Go out on Tuesday. Apparently, it's like hundreds of, of local seats are, are up for grabs right now, like in the entire country. Oh, really? It's like really crazy. Yeah, like there's the governor, there's um, the governor's races, there's the house races, but then there's, I think, the local representatives. Right. Those are like hundreds of seats are, are up. Oh, interesting. So I'm very curious. I'm going to be. I know everybody's going to be glued to Sienna and that. Yeah. Day. <laughs> I'm going to be like, Chris, tell me where to go. Don, what are you going to do? <laughs> I actually really enjoy watching them, but sometimes it's like I do get like sucked into it. Like, yeah. it's so terrible. Yeah. It's bad. It's like eating a cheeseburger. But I do like hearing um, when Chris Cuomo talks about his family because he's also an Italian American, and he talks about having big noses, so that I can definitely relate. To. <laughs> You're like we're related. We're related, and then Don is just—he's great. <laughs> he's just—he um, talks very plainly these days. That, I really? mean, there's not really a lot of rhetoric or anything. It's just like. This is a straight up bullshit. What's going yeah. on? And I'm fucking tired of hearing yeah. it. Oh my god, I can just imagine. <laughs> that is. Uh, but I don't know how they do it. Twenty four seven job. And I feel like some days they're just really tired. Yeah. And I can't blame. It's them. funny. Uh, my <laughs> boyfriend he watches Rachel Maddow. Oh, I like her. And She's from he, here. yeah, and he really loves like her. He really loves her show. And he said that a few weeks ago, before the Brett Kavanaugh thing happened, she was she planned a vacation yeah. with her family, mm-hmm. her wife, and you know her family, and yeah. and then all of a sudden Brett Kavanaugh was being indicted. Yeah, so then she was like, "Oh fuck!" And she had to return from her vacation to do this, and she had to put her vacation on hold. But then she just eventually left after you know they were getting so many hearings and stuff like yeah. that. She was just like, "Whatever, I'm going to go on my I'm, vacation." I'm done with this shit. Yeah, it's like. So it's like a twenty four seven job, you know. It's like you have to be ready for anything. Yeah, you probably wear beepers and (laughs) alarms and stuff, walkie talkies and shit. And they get death threats. Apparently, they've been getting a lot more, especially. Well, I mean, they just got bombs delivered to their addresses and stuff. So that was. (laughs) Although Rachel Maddow is and MSNBC, right? MSNBC, Tom Steyer and Kamala Harris. Um, Tom Steyer is here in San Francisco. They just found another one on Thursday night. Shit. Yeah. Mega bombs. Mega Gotta love bombs. him. Hashtag mega bombs. Everybody, please hashtag that because <laughs> Trump hates it so much. I was, I've been trying to use some of those phrases, but like on the opposite end, like for instance, um, uh, Evan Rachel Wood covered um, that uh, one of the songs from Beetlejuice, which is oh, yeah. um, Senora. Senora. Yeah. And I was like, he made America great. He really did. <laughs> Let's just keep it real. 
Um, but anyways, yes, I, I feel like I'm, I want to, I get like, they want to look back and say, oh, things were great. And yes, things were great, but I mean, we've moved on since then. We've moved on from 1968, I think. <laughs> we moved on from 1988. Like, yes. things, are, things are different From now. 1998. <laughs> so it's great to look back. Yeah. But we have to, you know, look back, take what we can from, from those moments, and then move forward instead of constantly going back and looking over our shoulder. Yes. I think that's the difference. Don't look back in anger. Don't look back in anger. <laughs> that's what uh, Noel said. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he should talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways, um, I'm going to go ahead and we can get started with the interviews. There's one I did yesterday. Um, but actually, this one um, I did a couple weeks back. This band, I believe, I hope I don't mess this up. I think they're located in San Jose. And they're called Get Married. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they were quite nice, actually. So I'll go ahead and play that one first. Mandy, are you still with me? I'm here. Awesome. So it sounds like you had a good weekend. Yeah, it was good. How was yours? It was good. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of busy. Went to um, a museum exhibit, um, René Magritte. Have you heard of him? Oh, Red. I have not. Um, He he apparently has an obsession with bowler hats. Okay. Probably, you know, 50 plus years ago, you know, people were more into that sort of thing. I mean, they still are, but... It's kind of like a snapshot in time, if you will, I want to say. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, That's awesome. Um, yeah, just a lot of good music happening here in the Bay Area, so I constantly find myself at a venue that I haven't been to in a while, and I'm trying out new venues here in the Bay Area. Um, they've been opening up. Um, there's one called August Hall that's pretty good. It used to be like a rave, a ravers club, but now it's an actual music venue. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm pretty stoked about that. And awesome. Yeah, no complaints here. So you guys are going to be playing at the rickshaw stop on November 4th. Tell me a little bit about how that came into being. Yeah, uh, we're playing with Roswell Kid and Prince Daddy and the Hyena. And uh, we've known Prince Daddy for a while. We've played a couple shows with them whenever they come through, and we're pretty good friends with them. And we've been fans of Roswell Kid forever. And uh, it was pretty crazy when they announced that they were coming to the rickshaw stop. We had the contact information for the booking agent, and we just hit them up like, hey, like, we have this new record coming out on Asian Man. Like, we're good friends with Prince Daddy and Roswell Kid Rock, so let's, let's make it happen. Like, All right, yeah, sure, sounds good. <laughs> that, was, that sounds like it was, it was pretty simple. <laughs> I mean, like, a lot of the time when you try to get on bills like that, you just, like, mm-hmm. throw caution to the wind. You're like, well, whatever happens, happens, so... Right. It's pretty. It's pretty incredible to like get a response back. That's amazing, and you never know till you put yourself out there. That's yeah, exactly, exactly. That's amazing. And how has the tour been going so far? It looks like you guys have done a few days um, on this tour. Yeah, uh, we just finished up the tour on Saturday. Nice. So um, it's been, it was awesome. Like uh, everybody we were with, we were Tiny Stills, and she's amazing. And uh, Kayla, Dylan, and I were her backing band. Being able to play her songs every night was awesome, and she's playing keys for us, so mm-hmm. we did a nice little trade-off. And it's just great to know, like, get to know her better, and everybody as, as a group just became closer. And when you travel, you, you just travel, you just become closer to everybody. Oh, right. Like either you love each other or you hate each other, kind of thing. 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely helps being with uh, people you like hanging out with, so. Yeah. Yeah. We're all, we're all pretty, like, um, just like, at the beginning of the tour, I was just like, hey, if you have a problem, like, voice it out, like, we'll talk about it, whatever. We're trying to be uh, as adult as, about it as possible, but still being pretty rock and roll, which is, you know, hand in hand, you know? Yeah, totally. And um, tell us a little bit about how the new LP came into play. How, what was it like recording that? Cool, yeah. Uh, we had a great time. We did it with Ryan Ellery. from. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in, like, Just Friends now. He's plays in the Grab Life, and he's done, like, all the mom jeans and stuff. And he's, I think he's mm-hmm. going to work on the Prince Daddy record. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, he's, uh, we worked with him on our first EP when Just Friends was recording their first record. And when we got to know him and we went to the, did our first EP with him at Panda Studios in Fremont, and then, like, a year later, we did uh, our second EP with him. Like, at, all of it, it was as done at his dad's house, his, uh, his, like, home studio. And then when we were ready to finally record, uh, we did, like, half and half, and we did half at Panda, doing, like, the drums and vocals, and then we did the guitars and everything else at, uh, at his dad's place again. And it was awesome. I love working with Ryan, and he's a great guy. If anybody in the Bay Area wants to have a record done, just do it through him, because he's, he's going to make it sound awesome. Nice. I like the I like the plug there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how can people find out more about you guys online? Uh, we're on like all the social media stuff. We're on mm-hmm. like Spotify, Apple Music, we're on Instagram, uh Twitter. We're usually trying to write funny stuff and see what sticks and see what people like. Uh, and then we're like on Facebook and stuff like that, so yeah. any of those platforms. Mm-hmm. And who would you say are your biggest uh musical influences? Um for us, pretty much, it's like uh, we get a lot of influence, like the Beach Boys, with all the backing vocals and stuff like that. A lot of Weezer, um, Green Day is one of them. But like uh, Dylan, the drummer, and I are brothers, and we grew up playing like Metallica together. Mm-hmm. And like that's how we like learned to start playing music was like playing like old classic rock and like metal stuff. So we're pretty like over the top about when it comes to like performing. But it, mm-hmm. it was a nice meld between like uh, Jake, who's very like, he's like raised on like old like Sinatra stuff and Elvis and the Beach Boys, so. <laughs> Having the blend of everything and like, Kayla's really into like every. Kayla, I think, is the biggest, uh, the most diverse musical taste out of everybody, and she brings a lot to the table. So does Tara from Nick. Like, it's just a nice collective for everybody's tastes coming together. That's interesting. And how did you guys meet? Was that you and your brother? <laughs> yeah, uh, Dylan. Dylan plays drums and I play guitar. Yeah, so. We... Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, how did how did the idea to start a band come into fruition? Like, were you, did you guys uh, go to high school together? Or? Yeah, um, Dylan and I started to be in quote, we're like quote unquote being in bands, but you can only do so much when you're twelve. So yeah. we did a lot of like we were just like practicing like writing music together. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jake had been in bands for years and years and years while I was like learning how to write music. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was a fan of Jake's like high school band, and I would see them play all the time whenever I could. But I never really knew him mm-hmm. until I started like a real band in high school where we would uh, play shows together. Mm-hmm. And like his band was like starting to break up, and my band was starting to break up, and we just became like friends. Mm-hmm. And then we're just like, "You want to do this?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." So, so the band. So <laughs> it was the right time. It was like the the planet, yeah. and the stars were in alignment. That's amazing. Um, what is your favorite venue uh, to play at in uh, San Francisco? 
Um, I've never played yet, but uh, Bottom of the Hill is one of my favorite venues to play there. Uh, we're trying to uh, do some shows down there, but I guess the rickshaw stop is always taking really good care of us. We played there once before with Choose What We Aim For, mm-hmm. but uh, we don't really talk about that. But, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, the guy said some like sketchy shit, so we try not to oh, boast about that show. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> Totally, but that's but, how yeah. you you learn like who to work with and who not to, right? Like yeah, I think they had like one hit back in like MySpace days. So. Yeah, I think they were. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> when we were there, the staff was always awesome. The sound guy was dope, so I love that place. Mhm. And where do you see the band going in the next few years? Uh, hopefully, uh, world domination. But you know, we're, <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> uh, we're just gonna keep writing and recording and touring and. Just, it's what we love doing, so we're just going to keep doing it until we die, I guess. Until <laughs> the end of days. <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> awesome. Well, looking forward to your show on November 4th, is it, at the Rickshaw Stuff? Yep, November 4th. Nice. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. No, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And uh speak to you again soon, I hope. I'll probably see you at the Rickshaw Stuff. Yeah. Why not? Sounds good. <laughs> All right, have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. So if I remember correctly, they're playing, I think they're playing tonight at the rickshaw stop. That's what I remember. But that was like a couple of weeks ago <laughs> when I talked to them. Sometimes it's like, oh, I did the interview like weeks in advance. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. So they're very nice to talk to. And then I also got a chance to talk to Danny from Surfboard. And they're going to be touring with Black Lips and Ice Age. I think we saw Ice Age. I haven't seen them, but I've heard of them a lot. Um, And they're going to be opening for them at the Great American Music Hall. And as you'll hear in the interview, um, she was going going on about how she lived across the street from Great American. And she saw some shit. Yeah, oh god, that street's always busy. <gasps> oh, so um yeah, it was a pretty good interview, so I'll just uh go ahead and stay tuned for that. Danny, are you still with me? Yeah, yeah. Nice. What's How's up? up? <laughs> so I hear that you're in a van right now. Hopefully it has windows. Yeah, <laughs> open them more to clear the air, but yes. Is it a white den? Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, Halloween just happened, but for me, I feel like Halloween is like an everyday experience. Does that makes True, sense? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Halloween, it just feels like, everyone is freaking out. I was like, oh, this feels like a normal day. Still dressing up crazy. <laughs> we got the mood, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So it looks like you just toured with the Growlers. Is that is that right? Yeah, we just got done with the Growlers tour, and now we're on uh, Black Lips and Ice Age tour. Nice. Yeah. That's exciting. And yeah. um, you're going to be playing in San Francisco at the Great American Music Hall on November 9th? Yeah, I'm so excited for that. Um, I used to live across the street. Oh, you did? Yeah, for a, a while. Um, I went to, well, I lived in Outer Sunset, but then I moved mm-hmm. into the Tenderland. I lived right across the street. <laughs> nice. You probably yeah. saw all kinds of crazy shit, like, all the time. 
Yeah, it was insane. But it was cool because I was like 19, so I still had I I wasn't sick of it. I was just like, yeah, everyone <laughs> freak out. It's rules. Like I was into it. Oh gosh! And then how did you end up um, moving to the East Coast? Um, well, I was going to San Francisco State for film. And I ended up just getting, uh, Darren Aronofsky offered me work to be his assistant. And so I just went to New York to work on films. I was like, oh, this rules. I'm just going to quit school and actually do it in real life. Um, and then I started the band. And now it's all over. My life is over. <laughs> no. Well, now you get to, like, travel the world. So it's. No, like, yeah, it's awesome. It's <laughs> for cat. Uh, yeah, well, we still uh, make film mm-hmm. and stuff in the form of music videos. I'm always filming right. films, so it's lots of fun. That's amazing. So are you from California originally? or? Yeah, um, I grew up in San Diego, Santa Barbara, San Luis Obispo, and then, yeah. uh, and then I moved to the Bay. Right on. Yeah, yeah, I'm a California girl as well. I grew up in SoCal. I've been living in the Bay Area, like, the past 12 years, and it's just, it's wonderful, but it's, like, you know, going through changes, and, like, a lot of great music, so I think that's what keeps me here. Yeah, I know. Um, The one thing about moving is I was like, oh, San Francisco has the best bands and the best music. Like, every show, like, the opener was just good as, like, the headliner. It was mm -hmm. Wild there, so, so tell me more about uh, the new release that you have coming up. Oh yeah, Friendship Music came out this <laughs> week. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah, it's our first record, and it's kind of just like full of a mixture of stuff. It's like a lot of romance and love, and like loving yourself and being there for your friends, and then. That has like a lot of just like us. Our response is just the fucked up times and how we deal with it. Right, and we all have our have our ways. I've been going to shows like not non freaking stuff. Yeah, and that's kind of my way of, of staying grounded and totally. you know, enjoying my life. I just went to see the B fifty twos last night. Oh hell yeah! Oh my gosh, we played with them this last year. They're so awesome. Oh my god. It's yeah. like they they sound have the same energy that they had in the beginning. I swear. I know it's insane. Yeah, even backstage <laughs> they're like just cracking jokes every second and like uh, howling and laughing. It was so. That's so great. Yeah. And um, what was it like um, the last time you played in San Francisco? What is your favorite venue here? Um. It's hard for a favorite venue. Um, we played at the makeout room, and that was crazy. It was wild. It was like, oh, wait, I heard that, um, what's it called? And it's like, oh, wait, they call above the tenderloin a different thing to have something really scary. That I forget what like, hog knob or, or no, something. Tender knob or something. Oh, <laughs> um, my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They like. I, did they always call it that? I've never heard that until. I feel like. Mm, I want to say the past couple of years. I okay, feel like yeah. maybe as long as I've been living there since 2008. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the tender knob. What's that? Well, I, it's slipping my mind, but 
um, not the really main stable. bar. The main bar was like uh, it's in the alleyway, kind of. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Shit, uh, no, I can't. The temper. Yeah. No, um, no. It's like it's by the Great American. It's around the corner. Oh shit. Sorry, I'm just like. Okay, <laughs> I'll have to look it up later, and I'll let you yeah, know. Uh, <laughs> There's so oh, many dang. bars. <laughs> what the? Hopefully, it's still there. Oh, I forget. Sorry. Okay. Anyways. No worries. <laughs> uh, I think it was closing, and I'm so bummed, but I can't remember the name of it. Oh God. Um, like something Holloway. I don't know. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I remember when I was there, I like saw shows at the depot at San Francisco State. I saw, I saw like the OCs and it like blew my mind. And then I would go to like tons of warehouse shows mainly in like on Market Street. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and then just, wait, I can't even remember the other bar. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them that, might not be there anymore. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, she was like probably like five years, so it's starting to like all melt together. Yeah. Sparkly bubble, but yeah. But um, definitely, like, there's still a lot of nice bars here, and that tends to be, you know, where I gravitate towards. Yeah. Um, and it's so expensive, some of these places now. But anyway. Yeah, I, when New I was there. Yeah, when I lived there, it was, like, right when the techie people were, like, just starting, infiltrating. Like, it was, like, it was still a shock. Like, we're like, whoa, why is there a giant line for, like, this micro-brew coffee in the bitches? Like, everyone was still, like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And now it's probably, like, normal that that happens. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, like... I, I was kind of like you, like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, I'm living living in, like, this neighborhood where there's homeless people and yeah. you know, citizens and students and tourists. Yeah. And it didn't really bug me, but now it's, like, it's almost, like, too much now. Yeah. It makes sense. But then also as you get older, it's, like, the way that you deal with people and the way you feel about certain kinds of people changes, too. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, well... Um, yeah, well, the thing that just sucks is, like, you always have to have empathy towards other people. And the thing that sucks is that mm-hmm. I heard that there's, like, a lot of, like, rich techies moving in who just, like, start off with no empathy for other humans. And it's, like, dude, yeah, it's, like, beyond everything, if you're different or if people are, like, wilding out, blowing crack smoke in your face while you're walking down the street, it's, like, they're still humans and you can't, like, treat them like trash, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely a lot uh, on your heart to like always live in the city. But it also always refreshes me too. Especially yes. when I come back from tour, I'm like, yes, <laughs> I live somewhere <laughs> that's alive. That's how like I always feel in SF in New York. Yes, and New York is great as well. I feel like New York is just constant like yeah SF, it's still like oh everything's closed by like midnight but in New York that <laughs> yeah. never happens right? yeah it's like <laughs> non-stop forever oh, god I miss it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but anyways <laughs> um, have you are you looking forward to the tour with the Black Lips and I yeah we're on like a couple days in um, we're 
then it was Black Lips. We're playing Denver tonight. Um, nice. And then uh, we join up with Ice Age in a show or two. And, yeah, it's, Black Lips are our best friends. They're, like, one of the first people that took us on tour. Mm-hmm. And we're so, it's such family styles. It's amazing. And I'm stoked to hang out with Ice Age, too. It should be, like, a blast. And friendship music just came out, so it's a giant party. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Who would you say are your biggest musical influences? Um, I would say uh, probably like Exceed, Hermetic, Gibby Haynes for sure, <laughs> um, <laughs> Patty Smith. I don't know. Basically, like oh, like Nina Hagen. Any yeah. Like, <laughs> just freaks saying themselves, I'm super into, and yeah, it's like, well, you just like, oh. going crazy and following your heart. <laughs> yes, that's the only way to go. <laughs> yeah, and that's totally what our shows are all about, too. Like, uh, it's just about friends coming together and just feeling freedom and being able to release pent up shit and. Mm enjoying each other's freakness, you know. <laughs> right. And where do you see the band going in the future? Um, well, I feel like we're just going to do, like, world tour and hang out with all our friends around the world. And, um, yeah, so far that's, like, what we're into right now. We're, we just left for, like, a three-month tour. We're going to announce other dates coming up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and... And then we're going to come back and record a, another album in January and just, yeah, keep bringing everyone together with love. And uh, I, it's like such gnarly times right now. That's like yeah. all I could do. Mm. Just to kind of stay grounded and, you know, great. Yeah, just like realize everyone, it, just like what I was saying a second ago about people not having empathy for a home it's like just realizing beyond politics and beyond everything that we're all just humans who our basic uh, function is like oh mm-hmm. I want to be loved and accepted and yes. be able to survive and yeah we just need to all come together on that level way more beyond petty crazy egos and whatever else <laughs> absolutely totally agree 100 percent. yeah and where can people find you online oh well you can follow me on instagram at the real so <laughs> mm-hmm. and um mine's aliens are real <laughs> uh, yeah and then listen to us on spotify or whatever that you have Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, rock out friendship music. It's, it's super. I'm so excited and stoked to be able to share it with everyone. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks again for making the time today. I'm glad that we that we linked up. Yeah. Sorry, I was an hour late. <laughs> <laughs> I think they like got mixed up. So I'm supposed to be on Denver time tonight, but I'm like, oh, Kansas. that's why. Yeah. Oh, I get it. No, no worries. Wait, is Denver Pacific or Central? Or not. Uh, I don't know. I'm my friends like, <laughs> where am I? What, who am I? <laughs> uh, 
But, oh, yeah, wait. Can you name, like, a couple of places that people play? Because my brain, I'm like, what? Can yeah. I remember? I really want in, to know. In San Francisco? Yeah, like, um, yeah, like, where's me? There's a new one that I think you should, you would probably enjoy, possibly, but it really depends yeah. on, you know, the kind of music. August Halls just opened up. It used to be Ruby Sky for years. It was like a oh, wave God. techno. But now yeah. it's like actual bands are playing and people are, you know, spending money to go see bands again. So I'm like, yeah. Oh, good. That's August, awesome. August Hall. Uh, the uh-huh. Fillmore is still great. There's still oh, great yeah. acts there. Yeah, still, cool. still there. Um, the Masonic um, actually has, it, they just redid it a few years ago. And they've been having some good shows, but that's more like retro, 80s, 90s, yeah, um, that sort of thing. Um, I haven't going to Oakland a lot, too, actually. I just discovered this place called Starline. Maybe you've been there. Maybe oh, cool. it was called something else, but that one's more of like a local. There's a restaurant underneath, and then there's a big performance space up top. It's kind of like the Elbow Room, except oh, the, Elbow Room. the Elbow Room's closing, by the way, the one in San Francisco. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Yeah, but they have one in Oakland, so I need to go check that out. That's um, awesome. Yeah, the elbow room ruled. I remember that. Yes. I I forget, like, what's the dive bar that everyone played that's, like... The dive bar that everyone played? And it's in the Tenderloin? No, um... Well, that one, I'm going to look up and, like, that was driving me crazy. Uh, it, that, was like, that was, like, a bar. There was, like, the back room. There was, like, a tiny back room. Oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Hemlock. Hemlock Tavern, yes, yeah. They're, cl- they're closing it. Yeah, okay, that... That's that was awesome. Yeah. It was, it, was, uh, it was awesome. You're right. And it's a bummer because I'm sure you've heard, like, over the years, like, they closed, like, a bunch of different places. Oh, dang. But then new places are opening, but it's not oh, really cool. the same, you know? Yeah. Like, it's more, like, it, it for industry types. Like, not, yeah. like, for you and I, like, the nitty-gritty stuff. But. Dang, yeah. I, I wish that people's new designs would, like, be sick and based off old design. Like, it doesn't have to be all shiny and, like, ugly, you know? <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, I, I freaking love going to the Hemlock Tavern, and yeah. also, something we played that was so much fun is in Albany, and it's called the Ivy Room. Oh, yes. I haven't been there yet. Often yeah. to check out there. It's kind of far from the city, but I bet it's Yeah, it's a there. little far, but it's worth it when, like, there's a sick lineup. It's so fun. There's another one that just opened up. It's called the UC Theater. It used to be an old movie theater, like a block away from UC Berkeley. Oh, cool. I'm sure you've walked by it. But now yeah. we have, like, Green Day played a show there two years ago. Oh, right. Um, a lot of big names are, are playing there, but also, like, listener fans as well. But it's an old movie theater. Oh, that's that so con- cool. converted into a venue, and it has great sound, and it's really intimate, but it's, like, big enough to hold, like, a few hundred people. Yeah, that's awesome. So, cool. yeah, that's um, a good one. Yeah, I guess also I'm just now thinking, like, when I lived there, I didn't have a band yet, and I would just go to shows. But yeah, I would, like, just follow the flyer and, like, go to – it was, like, so many warehouse shows and the house shows. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I probably remember venues so hardcore because 
<laughs> of like all the like like the email, the name, and like I don't yeah. know because I'm sitting in menus so much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So many changes, but don't worry, yeah. there's still, like, a music scene here. There's still yeah, like, plenty I would, you know. I bet. It's, like, always been really strong there. Yes. Love it. Sweet. Well, thanks for talking. Um, Absolutely. Nice to meet you, And yeah. we possibly see you next week at the Great American Music Hall. Oh, cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Wait, and it's sounds of the street or sounds on the street? Sounds from the street. Just from like the, the street. Jam. Okay. Wait, can I do one of those cheesy things where it's like, yeah. Okay, Go for cool. It. Hey, this is Danny with Surfboard, and you're listening to Sounds from the Street. Ooh. <laughs> I like that part at the end. Yeah. Ooh, enjoy the music. <laughs> well, have okay. a great, um, you know, have a great weekend. I'm sure I'll be talking Dang. to you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Have a good one. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> and we're on. Oh, I love typical light. It's so light. That's that. Typical um, light? It's called Tape Light. Oh. Uh, that's the program. Seems to be working. Looks like the Japanese flag in reverse. I think I'm done in Japanese. Wait, no. Is it? It looks like a it's Japanese. It's like the record button. Yeah. Okay, oh. you're right. It looks like a, a nipple. It looks like a nipple. I was gonna say it looks like a olive. <laughs> but like a white olive. A cherry. A cherry. <laughs> Good stuff. Well anyways, those are the two interviews I had for this week. Uh we just heard Danny, uh, the lead singer from Surfboard, and they're gonna be opening for Black Lips and Ice Age at Great American Music Hall. And then I believe, I could be wrong, but I know that they're playing at the rickshaw. Get Married is playing at the rickshaw stop. It's either, I'm pretty sure it's tonight or next week. But go to, um, you know, probably want to Google it just to be sure. Mm-hmm. And they're local. And um, Danny's actually from San Diego. And she lived here in the Bay Area. So we're talking a little bit about what some of the old haunts were. And she was, she was d- trying to describe the Hemlock Tavern, but she didn't do it right away. Yeah. But then eventually I was like, oh, yeah, you're talking about Hemlock, right? And she was like, yes, is that place still around? And I'm like, not for long. Not really. Like, they closed it. And oh, then they already they, did. And then they brought it back. Oh, like, yeah. because it wasn't official yet. Yeah. So they were like, we're open for, like, yeah. a couple days. But now I think it's gone. So. R.I.P. It was a good one while it lasted. I think I've only been there once. Yeah, I only went there a couple times over the years. It wasn't, like, my main. I went with Laura. You did? Yeah. And that one time. And that's it. Oh, I went there a couple times over the years. I kind of wish I went more, but yeah. it's just one of those things where I I went. Yeah. Um, and there's you know there's some newer you know venues coming out or reborn, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so there is you know there is stuff out there. It's just a matter of you know August Hall, man. They be rocking it. Yes, I really like August Hall. I mean, I, I like the film more. I think the film more is still my favorite, but I was kind of like shocked at how great August Hall yeah. was. I was like, Fillmore, time to step it up. Yeah. But I mean, they're never going to have the same history as the Fillmore. No. So no, nobody can. The Fillmore has that going for them. Yeah. So I did have kind of 
an insane week of going to um, a bunch of shows this past week, um, but I think it's my last insane week till next year, so I'm pretty happy <laughs> that about that. you know of. <laughs> oh, God. I did get tickets to um, uh, Guided by Voices. Oh, okay. I'm going to see them Friday night at the Great American, or no, Saturday, excuse me. Saturday night, it's a sold-out show. Um, I got on the list for that one, um, but I went to see Evan Rachel Wood. Um, they're doing... You know, she'd been she's been playing a couple shows here and there with Zane Carney, and they randomly. I was like, that would be so cool if she came to San Francisco. And then, sure enough, sure enough, they announced a tour, um, and I got to see her on Monday night, and she was absolutely fantastic. Totally worth you know going out on a Monday night to see her. Um, very talented, beautiful woman. Um, so hopefully they'll be back. Maybe. You know, eventually they'll do, I don't know if they're going to do more covers or record an album. Like, I don't really know what's going on there, but she's pretty busy with Westworld and everything else. So, Oh, right. She's in that show. Yes. I forgot about that. I haven't yes. seen it yet. Very good. Very no, good. I just need to get HBO. <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, Game of Thrones also. Definitely worth watching the past seven seasons i heard uh the salesforce tower had the the eye yeah Yeah. i I think johnny and i saw it for a minute but we weren't like focused on it we're like oh there it is (laughs) (laughs) whoop there it is they're trying to be relevant (laughs) god they need to fucking fix salesforce park so i can use use it (laughs) you might collapse I know. I want to be safe, but I do miss my um, kickboxing class. I was just starting to, like, get into it. But um, they are opening. Once they do open, they're opening a new gym there. And if I get certified, I'm thinking of applying to work there. It's going to be 35,000 square feet in or underneath Salesforce Park. Interesting. So I'm kind of curious. I still haven't been up there. So I'm really curious. Yeah, we should we should go yeah. meet there one of these days. We could do like yoga or have lunch there or something. Yes. Um, hmm. But anyways, I just thought it was, you know, so, I mean, making all those classes available to the public. I mean, it was kind of too good to be true, but I know eventually they're going to figure it out. But a 35,000 foot 35,000 square foot gym sounds really appealing to me. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like, well, maybe I could live there. It's just, like a playground. Just work there, eat there, sleep there. <laughs> All my friends will be there. Yeah. I don't know. I just, um, I'm still thinking about um, getting certified. So I feel like, oh, that might be an option. Um, but we'll see what happens. They have to, they have to fix it up first. Um, oh yeah, and then Wednesday night I went to see The Damned. I've, I think it's the fifth time I've seen them. <laughs> but I've seen them kind of in succession over the years. Like, um, you know, we saw them twice this year, but I hadn't seen them in like eight years. That was the last time I saw them was when I first started at Pirate Cat. <laughs> So it had been a, a while. while back, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, I've gone to see him every single year. But, um, you know, they're, they're still rocking it. Um, still got, you know, great energy. And um, they were talking about Burger Boogaloo, how they had a really great time. Uh, and it is a fun festival, I'm not going to lie. Um, the past two years have been really exciting. So we'll see what they come up with uh, next year. 
um, always, you know, always happily surprised. Um, and then Thursday was the B-52s. Um, and that was a long time coming and that was that was really exciting just you know cranking out the hits mm-hmm. um you know some other ones i wasn't as familiar with but mm-hmm. they they still got it they're still banging uh still cracking jokes actually um danny was telling me they played a show with the b-52s and oh, really? she was like yeah they're so awesome <laughs> <laughs> they're still like you know f- you know full of a sense of humor and you know maybe um I was, it's, I'm sorry to interrupt, no, but I fine. just remember a story, um, or your former coworker, my current coworker, Angela, yeah. Um, yeah. said that she used to work at, I forget what venue she used to work at. She used to work at Concord Pavilion, right? Yeah, I think I think you're right. And she said that the B-52s were performing that night, and she said that she thought that <laughs> the main guy, I don't know his name. Oh, I forgot. Um but he was she was like he's such a fucking weirdo and i was like well i mean he's part of the b-52 so yeah but like how what makes you say that and she's like well i was waitressing at the concrete pavilion and they were performing and it was like schneider yeah and she was like schneider um she was trying to get into the elevator because she was trying to take something up or you know like she's clean they were cleaning up basically after the show and he was there waiting for the elevator and it was just her and this and fred and all of a sudden the he like they made eye contact and she was just like hello and he didn't say anything he just went like that after she said hello (laughs) and then he moved to the side so he was like like his his back was facing her and she's just like okay and then the elevator doors open and he she's like i shit you not like a crab he walked into the elevator from like the side (laughs) and she said that she was so shocked that he did that that she just decided not to take the elevator with him oh really because it was so awkward and i was like well i mean they do have a song called rock lobster yes, <laughs> he's just still he's just up to it um oh, yeah geez. but she was like i think he was on something like oh, he was probably. just like he's just like i'm a lobster right now and or I'm, I'm a crab and i'm gonna walk like a crab into this elevator and freak this girl out don't talk to me um right now. but yeah i just remember that she told me that story because <laughs> i told I, her that i wanted to go see them but i was out of town but I'm glad you had fun. Yes, it was fun, and um, you know, there's there's some good ones coming up. My mom doesn't know, but I bought tickets to see Brian Wilson. Oh um, yeah, that's gonna be her her Christmas present. And I think she's gonna have a nervous she's breakdown. Lose her shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where is, is he gonna be? Uh... Uh, he's doing he's doing a tour around obviously around the holidays for the Christmas album, which was released by the Beach Boys, I believe. Yeah, and. He, you know he's doing his own interpretation of it um i forgot the names of the other people he's going to be performing with but obviously it's not the beach boys yeah um but i think it's going to be fun it's like a brian wilson christmas yes yeah he's Mm going to be doing christmas songs and as much as i get sick of hearing christmas songs my mom absolutely loves them she loves christmas like (laughs) one of her favorite holidays um i think because you know growing up she got to celebrate christmas and hanukkah and i always wanted to celebrate hanukkah because so different (laughs) because we were different yeah um 
but yeah, I think I think it's gonna be like really epic for her. Glad you guys are gonna have fun. So it'll be fun. Um, I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, please do. <laughs> I always wanted to see him live. Yes, maybe one of these days. We but will. he's always so far. Where is know, this gonna right? be at? It's gonna be far away. It's some theater in Thousand Oaks. Oh shit! It's gonna be in Christmas, and it's gonna be like a couple I thought days. when she was gonna visit, you guys were gonna. Oh, go. yeah. Um, when she's visiting, we're gonna go to a Cirque du Soleil show. Um, I think that's the only like performance thing we're going to, and then Dickens Fair. Um, that's something that she's never done. That I think she might actually be interested in attending in the future because she likes to make these Victorian era, you know, turn of the century um, steampunk themed uh, books, you know, like scrapbooks that people can write in, like a journal or put photos or mm-hmm. little things in there. So maybe you know it'll inspire you know whatever she's thinking about doing with that yeah because i'm like yes you gotta see this um because i'm sure they have something like that in socal i just maybe not i don't know i know san diego has one and um they have it's called christmas or no it's called something lights bah humbug lights yeah (laughs) um I think it is called Christmas Lights, and it's in uh, Balboa Park in San Diego, which is different. It's kind of like RGG Park here, mm-hmm. um, and they have a huge Christmas thing, and they also have like arts and crafts and food and yeah. uh, caroling and all that good stuff. So, yes, I think every county might have one. LA I, must have something like that. They must, but I've never like seen anything. It's mm-hmm. weird. Like it just they probably just, has too much going on that maybe kind of hard to catch. It's hard. It's so difficult. Um, but I'm looking forward to it because I think it's been three years since I've been. Oh, yeah. I went with Johnny like twice, but it was a while ago. Yeah, I remember when you guys went. Because um, I had to work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do it every, they've been doing it every year for like 40 years. Yeah. So they're not going anywhere. <laughs> Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, I'm taking her wine tasting on actual Thanksgiving because nothing's going to be open. In Napa or? Sonoma. Oh, okay, cool. And I know she's never been up there, so yeah. she's going to be really mad or she's really going to just Enjoy kick back it. and love it. So. Yeah. <laughs> she better love it. She better love it. Because I think it's fun to, you know, go outside of the city. And we've been to Berkeley a few times. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it's fun, but it's, I mean, this will be, like, really like, fun. oh, another city. Great. <laughs> I mean, I like Berkeley, but you have to go there, like, for some kind of event. You can't really, I guess yeah. you can, you can. The only thing but, that, it, that there is in Berkeley is really, like, food. There's a lot of good food. Yeah, and cafes. Or like a, you know, a book signing event, like one that I went to. I was like, that's kind of fun, but there's no other... Or the UC Theater. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always going to the UC Theater these days. Um, and then we're going to go bowling on Wednesday, so that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Did you Which know... bowling? The Fifth Arrow Bowling Alley. Where is that one? It just uh, it, it's next to um, August Hall. Oh, it oh, used to be okay, Slide. Okay. Yeah. Apparently Drake was there over the weekend. <laughs> so you might want to sanitize. <laughs> might want to clean things up. 
but it's it looks pretty it looks kind of tiny and intimate and i just thought oh it's you know it's near the hotel so maybe that would be something oh you have a whole repertoire a whole repertoire and yeah it should be a fun you know set of holidays this year i think we'll see how it goes same I don't really have anything planned like for just going to San Diego. Um, but we'll see. You never know what happens. You never know. I'm trying to concentrate on health right now. Yes. So it's kind of like... Oh. Me too. Yeah. I shouldn't be drinking this crap. That's okay. <laughs> it's not crap. No, it's, it's not. Just, it's coffee. It's, it's life-giving more, coffee. I think you get to a point where you just... You're not going to make big changes, but you're going to fine fine tune certain things cuz you're you're still learning, you know, how you, how your body works. That part never ends. Oh god. Work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. We'll play a couple songs for you.
Today is the day the wilderness comes to reclaim everything. Burning bridge lights up the sky. Zip your lip until you've picked a side. You get right up and sit back down. A revolution is one spin round. You get back up and sit right down. A revolution is one spin all for one. Some some more live on the air. Okay. You know, live music's always the best music. I'm trying to get a little more stable on my better time. Yeah, I might. Right, yeah. Cool. And now, Kelly Gordon. Why don't you sing? I don't know. I'll sing. You just you just go ahead. Go ahead. You do something. We're going to have Albert on the uh, accordion. We're going to have Barb on the drums. She's just going to hit things. She, she can just like... Uh, play drums on anything oh, say so check it out we got these uh these si okay go ahead i'm waiting we're still waiting just play that fucking thing dude you take it to the give give me that give me that goddamn guitar give me that guitar no you don't want to play it all right what, what song let's do a cover or something let's do a cover Hey, pig. Yeah, you. Hey, pig, 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 piggy, pig, pig. Gotta do. Busted back and broken bones. Left me standing here all alone. Little piggy gonna find something new. Gonna stop me now. I don't care anymore. Nothing gonna stop me now. Nothing gonna stop me now. I don't care anymore. Nothing gonna stop me now. Hey, pig. Things didn't work out like we planned. Hey, pig. There's a lot of things I thought you could help me understand. What am I supposed to do? Nothing gonna stop me now. I don't care anymore. Nothing gonna stop me now. I don't care. Nothing gonna stop me now. I don't care anymore. 
Nothing going to stop me now. Well, there you go. Kelly, now it's your turn. That was Nine Inch Nails. It, was, it goes out to all you pigs out there. You know who you are. You could play anything. Hendrix, The Doors, one of your own things. You could just play some blues. Let's do some blues. That'd be cool. It's up to you. No, that was cool. Let's let's roll with that. It's so out of tune. No, it's just so in tune. Just just roll with it. Try, just try, baby. Takes a piece of me when she goes. Oh, fuck it, dude. You gotta play some rhythm there. I can't sing over that shit. I can't, I can't no, rhythm. No, you, you're just as loud as I can do. You're floored. All right, hey, thanks for listening to Roxy Roller Radio Show. If you wanna just play on your own, though. No. Uh, so just like play, you wanna play anything you want? You, are you just over it? Oh, yeah, it's you. you could play. I'm just saying, I just won't sing over it. What? You feel it? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to play? No, I do. Uh, I, not, not on that thing, dude. We should go like get the piano going too. Let's get a jam and going. And we always love you. And Hey, hey, how's it going? All right, hey. Oh, oh. Yo, Mike, check. Hey, what? What? I only hear it. I only hear it from the speaker. I just hear, the like, my voice. Hey, what's up? Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, we in your radio. Yo, what's up? Hey. Hey, 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 yo, ho. Yo, hey, oh, check, Mike, check, hey, 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 uh, oh, uh, hey, uh. Hey, what's up? We're having sound trouble. What's up? Hey, oh, there, no, 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 you don't. There it goes. There it goes. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? We got sound. What? Yo, what's up? How's it going?
What? What? Hey, hey, hey. I don't know why we're using this mic, but yo, what's up? We got we got sound. Yo, 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 what's up? Yo, hey, 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 yo, hey, uh, whoa. No, that's cool. You know how to do it. No, the, the light went off. Okay, cool. Like this? Just do it. No, it's feedback again, That's dude. not it. That's not it. Come on, brother. You want me to? Oh, here, I'll got it. Oh, sorry. My bad. There you go. What'd you do? I did that. Well, whatever. Good job. Five, right? Is it a five?